Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank God for the blood. The blood, the blood, the blood of Jesus. Woo! Glory to God. You can just uh, sing the blues away. Amen. Praise the Lord. Can you give me just a little bit more volume because I preach about two times a day everywhere in the world. So I need a little bit more volume. Praise the Lord. Amen. So if you have your Bible, open up Romans chapter 3. We're going to talk about faith in the blood of Jesus. And I'll try to give you a whole bunch of good scriptures on the blood. One of my favorite quotes come from Reinhard Bonnke. And he said, I see a blood-washed Africa. Amen. A blood-washed Africa. Well, if you know anything about Africa, I've been going to Africa since I was a teenager. And... Uh, and uh, uh, the whole continent of Africa, evangelical leaders say, will be Christian by the year 2050. So basically, Islam is turning into Waslam and, and is running scared because of the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So many people are getting saved and filled with the Holy Spirit. So great things are happening. I thought, well, if he could see a blood-washed Africa... How many of you could see a blood-washed family? How many of you could see a blood-washed city right here in your area? The power of the blood of Jesus. Amen. And so if you have your Bible, let's start with Romans chapter 3, and then we'll give you some other scriptures to go with Romans chapter 3. But we want to look at this phrase in Romans chapter 3, and uh, Romans 3 in verse 25 is where we get the phrase, through faith in his blood. So underline that in your Bible, Romans 3.25, through faith in his blood. So let's start with verse 21. We'll read through verse 27. I'm going to read kind of fast because we've got smart people here this morning. <laughs> Don't look at nobody right now. All right. He says, all right, Romans 3.21 says, but now, but now, in other words, other translation says, a new revelation. New things have come forth, but now the righteousness of God, right standing with God, accepted and approved by God, without the law is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness or the right standing with God that comes by faith of Jesus Christ unto all, everybody say all, he says it comes to all and upon all those that believe, got any believers in here? Amen. He said, for there is no difference for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. One translation says, all have sinned and lost the divine glory they were meant to have. So Jesus is bringing the glory back, isn't he? All right, verse 24. He says, being justified, same word as righteous. Justified means being treated just as if I'd never sinned. Being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Verse 25, whom God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are passed through the uh, forbearance or the patience of God. To declare, I said this time, his righteousness that he, God, might be righteous and also the righteousness of the justifier of whoever believes in Jesus. So he said, where is boasting then? It is excluded by what law? He said, of works? No, but by the law of faith. So here he says that faith, living by faith, is a spiritual law. means it works the same for everybody, works same everywhere. Amen? So he calls that faith. And in studying the subject of faith, um, I, I like verse 25 where he says, in this segment, we are to have faith in the blood of Jesus. Have faith in the blood of Jesus. 
In other words, we're told to have faith in God. Mark 11, 22, 22, have faith in the Word of God. In Hebrews chapter 4, we're told to have faith in the power of God. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, we're told to have faith in the name of Jesus. And uh, here in the book of Acts, here he says specifically, you and I are to have faith in the blood of Jesus. Amen? Anybody here got any faith in the blood of Jesus? Amen? Amen? That word faith in the blood simply means that your dependency, your confidence, your expectation is in the blood. I like what Andrew Murray said. He said, to enjoy this blessing, nothing is necessary except faith in the blood. He said, the blood alone has done everything. Amen. I love that. Praise the Lord. I love Smith Wigglesworth's quote, and Turner was singing some about it. Uh, Smith Wigglesworth said that as we study the scriptures, we'll find in the blood of Jesus that there's not one thing in me the blood does not cleanse. I love that quote. Not one thing. Everybody says, not one thing in me the blood cannot cleanse. That means if sin can reach it and damage it, then the blood can reach it and restore it and heal it and save it. Praise the Lord. Amen. So to have faith in the blood, Andrew Murray, I'll give you a couple of quotes real quickly here. He says, faith is largely dependent on knowledge. Faith is largely dependent on knowledge. He said, if knowledge of what the blood can or has accomplished is not accurate, then your faith expects little. I'm going to read that one more time. Listen close. He says, faith is largely dependent on what? Everybody say knowledge. Amen. My daddy always said, ignorance is expensive. So that means it. No such thing as ignorant faith. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Y'all with me? So he says, faith is largely dependent on knowledge. If your knowledge of what the blood of Jesus can or has accomplished is not accurate, then your faith will expect little results. Right? So he says this, the more powerful effects of the blood could be limited if your knowledge is not accurate. And the devil will take advantage of your lack of knowledge. Right? So he says this, feeble ideas of its power, the power of the blood, um, prevent the deeper and more perfect manifestations of its effects. Good. All right, let me finish reading. As we find out what the scriptures teach about the blood, we will see that faith in the blood can produce greater results in us than we have yet known. And in the future, a ceaseless blessing may be ours. All right, I'm going to read that one more time. Are you ready? As we study the scriptures, come on, we're going to look at some scriptures. He says, as we find out what the word of God teaches us about the blood of Jesus. He says, then we will see that faith in the blood can produce greater results in us than we have never known before. And in the future, a ceaseless blessing may be ours. Amen. Praise the Lord. Several, several years ago, I was teaching on the blessing of the Lord, and I looked up the word blessed, B-L-E-S. You would say S-S-E-D, but when you get in that big dictionary, it goes to B-L-E-S-T, blessed. So when I found that word in the dictionary, then the first definition of that word, it says that word originated from the root word for blood, blessed. And they said, actually, that word bless originated from when the high priest would go into the holy place and sprinkle blood on the altar. And then every time he did that, he would come out and pronounce a blessing. And in other words, every time you're saying, I'm blessed, you're saying, that came from blood. 
That means I'm blood blessed. Now, if you want to study that in the scriptures, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 16 says, when you take communion, you drink the cup, which is the blood of Jesus. And he said, you take this cup of blessing. In other words, come on, then you take the bread. In other words, in the Old Testament, the blood was applied externally. But in the New Testament, the blood is applied internally. Oh, my, my, my. All right, now, now, to, to, to look at this real clearly here, then you're going to see that the blood of Jesus has prevailed primarily in three distinct places. If you study the scriptures, you're going to find three distinct, powerful influences of the blood of Jesus. So you can write these down. We'll see how far we get. Number one is the blood has prevailed in heaven. In heaven, something has happened in heaven itself, in the holiest, because of the blood. Number two is the blood prevails in your heart, that that blood reaches into your heart. And the scripture says it purges you from an evil conscience or from a guilty conscience. In other words, the blood of Jesus can reach into the very fabric of your personality and remove not only sin, but the guilt and the stain and the shame of sin. So the blood produces a righteousness consciousness on the inside of you. Or you could say it this way, the blood of Jesus silences the voice of self-condemnation. Thank you for your enthusiasm. Come on now. Come on, because you're never really going to be free until you're free on the inside. Come on, and on the inside, it always says, remember what you did, and you don't measure up, and you didn't do this, and you should have done that. But the blood reaches on the inside of you. Come on, removes the guilt and the stain of sin, and produces a righteousness consciousness. All right, we'll get into that later. Now, number three. Number three, the blood of Jesus has overcome hell itself. We know if you read in the book of Revelation, Revelation 12, 11, and there's much about the blood of Jesus, the Lamb of God in heaven. That means throughout eternity, we're going to be talking about this. So if you'll listen, then you won't have to go to class when we get to heaven. So I'm going to tell you, say, I know about that. See, I know one they're talking about the blood up here. In other words, Revelation chapter 12, verse 11 and 10 and 11 there, it says that Satan is called the accuser. Amen. Now, the reason the devil's the devil is because he's not only the tempter, he's the accuser. In other words, he tempts you to do wrong, and then he condemns you for doing it. I mean, he wouldn't be the devil if he tempted you wrong. He should congratulate you for doing it. Instead, he tempts you, then you do it, and then he says, you're a dirty dog, right? So, in other words, he's the tempter and the accuser. But, but the devil is the accuser, or you could say the prosecuting attorney. Right. So he's constantly bringing up accusations against you of what you did or you didn't do or you should have done or you could have done constant accusation. But it says Revelation 12:11, they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. In other words, there's one thing that will put the devil on the run every time. And that is if you start talking about or singing about the blood of Jesus. All right, let me try this out over here. I said, if you, come on, that, 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 uh, I mean, the, the devil won't hang around long. Come on, the blues ain't going to hang around long. I said, depression ain't going to hang around long. Because you start singing and talking about the blood. The devil will pack up his stuff and say, I am out of here, right? Get out. 
In other words, the blood of Jesus has tremendous uh, influence and power over devils and demons and evil spirits. And we do not wrestle with flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. In other words, never bring a knife to a gunfight. Come on, psychology ain't going to do it. Come on, your education ain't going to do it. But when you want to bring a gun to a gunfight, you say, let's talk about the blood of Jesus. And you just brought a nuclear bomb. So now there's power in the blood. Amen. So the blood has prevailed in three distinct places. Number one, where? In heaven. Number two, where? In your heart or in your conscience. Number three, where? Over hell and over the devil. Amen. Now, recently we just came from uh, West Africa, from Nigeria, and actually Nigeria's been Ebola-free for almost two months now. So a lot of times people, people are afraid, you know, when you come back from Nigeria, you say, how you doing? I just came back from Nigeria. <laughs> so, so, so I always sneeze and say, oh, excuse me, did I get that on? No. Anyway, Ebola, you understand the, 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 the problem and the tremendous difficulty with Ebola, how many thousands of people have died. There is really no, no cure, just they're still working on a cure for it, trying to get a vaccination for it. And so what happened is are the doctors and the teams that go over there to help and to serve. Well, one of the doctors, you know, if you've studied the last few months, then he uh, got the disease. He got Ebola. Well, man, they had to get him home, put him in a controlled environment, and they had to get him well. Well, after he got well, well, that's great. Well, then another uh, doctor got Ebola. Well, the other doctor, when he got Ebola, all they did is they just took the doctor that had already overcome Ebola, and they took his blood and gave the doctor that had Ebola a blood transfusion from the doctor that had overcome Ebola. Why? Because this doctor that had overcome Ebola had already developed the antibodies that had already whipped that condition. So what God did is he just brought, sent Jesus, and Jesus took our sin and our curse and died our death. Come on now. And then Jesus overcame for us and his victory. Come on. And then when you got the disease, God said, all I'm going to do is give you a blood transfusion from the one who has already... Come on, Jesus' blood already has the antibodies in it for any condition you may have. Hallelujah. When you know about it and you sing about it, then that blood begins to work in every part of your life, your spirit, your soul, your mind, your emotions, your body. Because in the blood of Jesus, it already has registered the antibodies of everything he overcame. Hallelujah. Just go ahead and laugh at the devil like this. Go, ha, 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 ha. Now, my mama, because I grew up in a Pentecostal spirit-filled, Holy Ghost, Assembly God home, right? My dad's Assembly God pastor, my grandpa, and so we're raising the Assembly of God. My mama used to always do this. She'd say, I plead the blood. She'd say, I plead. I plead the blood. Now, uh, if you study the Old Testament, when they came to worship, the scripture says that Moses would take blood and he would sprinkle all the people, put blood on all the people. Amen. If you came to worship, they had to sprinkle blood on you, on all the instruments, the book itself, put blood on it, right? So my mom would say, I plead the blood. I'd always say, she's slinging blood everywhere. (laughs) 
And the blood had multi-purpose, you know, multi-purpose. Not just one thing. I mean, you could use it on a lot of stuff. It's like campophonique. <laughs> come on, how many of y'all have a campophonique in your house? I don't even know what that is. But if we ever got scratched, we come. Mama said, let me put some campophonique on it. So anyway, the blood. My mama's always pleading the blood. Applying the blood. I don't think I ever drank any campophonique, but anyway. So... Um, She's always applying the blood. So if we went on a trip, my mama would say, we plead the blood of Jesus for safety as we go on a trip, right? And so she's pleading the blood. I brought a girlfriend home from high school, and she had a, one of those mini skirts, you know. And, boy, she was, she was something to behold, man. Man, I was 17. I had some wild stuff happening in me, I'm telling you. And so I brought her home, and, man, I brought her in the house. My mama said, I plead the blood of Jesus. So... I said, well, well, the, the girl said, well, what'd she say? I said, nothing, don't, don't, nothing. Plead the blood. That means you ain't marrying her, I can tell you that. So I told my mama, I said, I, but I want her. <laughs> my mama said, you may get what you want. You may not want what you get. <laughs> I've been thinking about that about 40 years. So now the blood. My mama had great faith and confidence in the blood. So then I went off to Bible college. I mean, here I was. I'd got in car accidents, you know, totaled out cars, walked away without a scratch. Come on, got put in jail. My dad and four deacons had to come get me out of jail. You know, I'm the preacher's kid, you know. They get in trouble because they hang out with deacons' kids. So uh, they had to come get me out of jail. My mama said, I plead the blood, I plead the blood. Well, the Lord turned things. I went to Bible college. So I went to Bible college four years. So I go to Bible college, and I came back home, and I began to question my mama's theology. I said, now, Mom, now, I've gone to Bible college. I studied the big books now. Big book. I said, I think there's something wrong with your theology. She said, what's wrong with my theology? I said, you do all this plead the blood, plead the blood, plead the blood. I said, that ain't nowhere in the New Testament to plead the blood. I said, your theology's wrong. She said, well, it's working for me. She said, you're going to Bible college, and we know that's a miracle. So, she said, just leave me alone. I mean, I came home from Bible college one time, and my younger brother's playing football on scholarship, you know, in college. And he came home, and my mama told me, she says, your younger brother, he's really taking to gardening. I said, is that Bobby? My younger brother's got gardening. She said, yeah, he's growing tomato plants in the backyard. He loves gardening. So I went out and said, my, Bob, my brother ain't growing no tomato plants. Man, I went out there, my brother's growing marijuana in the backyard. I come back and tell my mama, you know the preachers, you got the marijuana growing in your backyard. My mama said, I plead the blood of Jesus. Don't act like y'all ain't got no family problems. Well, the Lord turned my brother's life around. Now he pastors my daddy's church. Come on, I plead the blood of Jesus, no matter what's going on. So I began to try to understand exactly what plead the blood meant. Well, we know the word plead is a legal term. That's a legal term. How do you plead, right? Well, we know that the Holy Spirit is our advocate. He has a reputation for winning cases. 
if he can ever get his client to listen to him. So Jesus' present-day ministry, Jesus is our advocate in heaven. Even after you got saved, you still need a good lawyer. So Jesus is our advocate in heaven. The Holy Spirit is the advocate in our heart. Right? So when you're facing a challenge, the Holy Spirit will say, plead the blood. When you're facing that challenge, what are you going to do? He'll say, plead the blood. What does that word plead mean? That simply means this. That means my faith, my confidence is in the blood of Jesus. So to win this case, you're going to have to know how to plead. God said in Isaiah 43, 25 and 26, he said, I, even I am he that blots out your transgressions for my own sake, and I will not remember your sins. He said, put me in remembrance. Let us Plead together, declare thou that thou mayest be justified. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Come on, the devil will remind you of the facts. The Holy Spirit will bring you the truth. So I looked it up in the dictionary. I'm a great one to look up in the dictionary. Praise the Lord. And so I looked at the word plead in the dictionary. Y'all want a definition? All right, let me give you the definition real quickly here. Eight, Webster's 18 dictionary, 1828 dictionary defines pleadings as this. Y'all ready? Yeah. Come on now. This is going to make you look smart. Now listen. <laughs> pleadings is the mutual altercation between the plaintiff and the defendant. Are written statements of the parties in support of their claim. Comprehending the declaration, count, and narration of the plaintiff. The plea of the defendant in reply. The replication of the plaintiff to the defendant's plea. The defendant's serve owner. The plaintiff's serve owner. The defendant's rebuttal. The plaintiff's serve rebuttal, etc. <laughs> Come on, y'all watch court on TV, don't you? I mean, you know that's all. You say, what does that mean? That just means the argument's going on here. Y'all ready for this? And he says, to plead, the argument goes back and forth until the question is brought to issue that is to rest on a single point. In other words, you keep pleading until you bring your case to rest on a single point. So while the argument's going back and forth of why you should be blessed and why you shouldn't be blessed. Come on now. Arguments going back and forth why you should be healed or why you shouldn't be healed. Arguments going back and forth on why you ought to be happy or you ought not be happy. You say, I would like to bring my case to rest on a single point. That is the blood of Jesus was shed for me. And his blood cleanses me and redeems me. The blood of Jesus literally is liquid love that flows from the heart of God and reaches into the heart of the believer. Come on now. And gives you such great confidence that if God is for me, who could be against me? I plead the blood. Go ahead and laugh for a minute. The power of the blood of Jesus, it has redeeming power, saving power, cleansing power, delivering power, the power of his blood. When you plead the blood, that is simply the same synonymous with faith in the blood. In other words, in the New Testament, we have faith in the blood. And faith is made up of two major things. Number one, it's made up of knowledge, knowledge, and it's made up of application or action. In the Old Testament, the blood was applied with a branch called hyssop. 
Remember when Moses, the children of Israel, came out of Egypt, they had to take the blood and apply it on the doorposts of the house. It was not enough to believe in the blood and stay in the house. Somebody had to apply it on the doorpost. In other words, the blood requires application. And God said, when I see the blood, he's not looking for your talent, not looking for your education. Come on. He said, when I see the blood, thank God for a mama that's applying the blood. Thank God for a dad that's applying the blood. Thank God for a believer that's applying the blood. Come on. One believer in a family can change a whole family. When I see the blood, God said, I will pass over you. That means destruction cannot enter in because the blood has been applied. Woo! Hallelujah. Now, uh, I know that you and I know some of these things, but I want to show you that there's more to it than we actually know right now. In other words, there's a fresh revelation of the blood and fresh application of the blood. And you see what the blood has done. Now your faith will move up in a stronger position. Amen. Can you say amen? All right. Now, write these three things down real quickly here because my time is almost up here. But the smart people are listening. Amen. All right. Ready? All right. Now, here's one of my favorite verses. Are you ready for this? Write this down. Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 12. Hebrews 9, 12 says this, neither by the blood of goats and calves, but with his own blood, he entered in once. I love this. I said, I love this. He entered in once. Where'd he go? Here it says he went into the holy place. How'd he get in there? With his blood. And it's with his blood you enter. His blood took him in, and his blood will take you in. And you can't go in there without knowing you went in. I'm going to show you how to get in. Ready? He says, Jesus took his blood and entered in once. Why does it say once? Once just simply means what he did included was so all-inclusive that he only had to do it once. In other words, didn't leave nothing out. God said, I'm going to do this once. This was not a spontaneous act. It was planned before the foundation of the world. In the wisdom of God and in the righteousness of God and in the power of God, then Jesus took his blood right into the holy place. And that blood is there to this day. That God himself lives in constant view of the blood of Jesus. In other words, if God lives in constant view of the blood, then you and I as believers must live in constant consciousness. Come on, not just on Easter. Or as Nacho said, Easter's. But not just on Easter. That means every day you and I live in the constant consciousness of the blood of Jesus. That blood has power in heaven. 
when you come by the blood, all of heaven has to open. He said, with his own blood, he obtained eternal redemption for us. In other words, that means this is not a temporary fix. It will never have to be done again. It was done once for all time and eternity. It was done once for every man, every nation, every language. It was done once for every problem and every condition. It was done once for every blessing that belongs to you in heavenly places. That means with the devil gives your trouble, then you tell him a nighttime story and you say, once upon a time, God became a man and Jesus took my sin to the cross and he purchased my redemption. Everybody say, once upon a time. Go ahead and laugh a few minutes. All right. The devil knows more about his defeat than most Christians. Because he was there. That's all you got to do is just bring it up and he goes. The moment you sing about the blood, every demon, every devil knows that victory is yours through the power of the blood of Jesus. He entered in once into the holy place. He obtained eternal redemption for us. Amen. And so something has happened in heaven. The blood of Jesus constantly flows there. And the scripture says it continually cleanses us from all sin. When you come by the blood. Actually, when you come by the blood, you're coming by a righteousness that God produced. Let's just say it this way. It seems that Jesus disliked self-righteousness more than unrighteousness. In other words, the Pharisees had what? Self-righteous. They're always bragging on their self. But he says here, faith removes all boasting. You can't brag about nothing but Jesus and the blood. You say, I'm redeemed by the blood, man. I say, I'm Nothing makes a self-righteous Pharisee matter than for you to be blessed and they know you don't deserve it. Let me just try this side over here. I said... In other words, they're trying to figure out how you got blessed and how you got healed. And they know you're disqualified. They know the things you've done and the things you haven't done. But when you came to God, you came through faith in the blood. Father God, your love and your mercy come from the blood of Jesus. The blood alone has done everything. That means I'm not bringing none of my stuff in there. I'm just coming by the blood. Whether you've been saved one day or you've been saved 50 years, you'll always come by the blood. Hallelujah. That blood, 1 John 1, 7, 9, right, those verses there, that blood cleanses us from all sin and from all unrighteousness. Now listen, go. Just like your blood in your body circulates every 23 seconds. I said every 23 seconds. If you have circulation problems, then you have health problems. If the circulation stops, you understand? But he says the blood cleanses us from all sin. He says if we walk in the light, then as he is in the light, notice this. He said we have fellowship one with another. So he's really saying in the body of Christ, as we fellowship one with another, there's a circulation of the blood of Jesus. And that blood is carrying out the garbage. How many know ever since you've been at church this morning, there's already been some garbage carried out? I mean, the truck has already been by. I'm telling you, 
set your stuff by the curb, baby. Come and say some stuff. I don't know if you have to separate the cycling from the recycling. But I'm just telling you this. <laughs> the blood of Jesus continually circulates in the body of Christ and cleanses us from what? All sin and from all unrighteousness. In other words, that blood produces a righteousness consciousness. Hallelujah. Go ahead and laugh for a minute. Ha, ha, ha. The blood has done something in heaven. And it says we have boldness to enter into the holiest. In other words, take these scriptures. Allow the Holy Spirit to produce in your experience. In other words, the Holy Spirit will produce in your experience what the blood has done for you. So as you say, Father, I come by the blood. I have boldness to enter by the blood. I draw near because of the blood of Jesus. I press in closer by the blood of Jesus. Why did you come in there? He said, you come to receive mercy, to find grace, to help you in the time of need. And he says, and you have boldness. Why is that important? Nobody can get closer to God than you can. I know I grew up, you know, around great preachers. So I always thought, here come Brother Hagin. He'd come in to see the Lord and I would sneak in behind him. You know how people that say, well, I'm going to go pray. They say, put in a good word for me. So. Once you understand the power of the blood, nobody can get closer to God than you can. I was just thinking I had to sneak in. No, no. That blood has power. Number one, where? In heaven. And you have access. One of the chief great accomplishments of the plan of redemption was to bring us into the holiest. Praise the Lord. And you can get in there. You have access. All right, number two is that blood reaches where? Into your what? Heart and it purges you from an evil or from a guilty conscience, Amen. from sin consciousness. Amen. That doesn't mean that you don't have feelings, that you don't measure up, that you didn't do this, you didn't do that. But the moment those feelings come, you say, I plead the blood of Jesus. Because if you allow guilt and shame to dominate your consciousness, you will self-destruct. You understand what I'm talking about? The devil can bring up all that's wrong with you, then you basically self-destruct. But the moment you say, I plead the blood, I apply the blood over my own soul, my own life, and that blood sets you free on the inside, cleanses you from sin consciousness. Go ahead and laugh for a minute. In other words, that blood, come on, brings such a joy that you are right with God. You've been made the righteousness of God in Christ. Last of all, that blood does what? It overcomes hell and Satan. Demonic powers. If all of us in this room could have a glimpse into the unseen and could see the powers that operate in the unseen, every one of us every day would apply the blood of Jesus. This church would be packed out every service if you just got a glimpse of the battle and the demonic forces that work in the unseen. In other words, all the things that come against your life, if you knew the source of those things, you'd say, I'm not coming in my own strength. 
but I come by the precious blood of Jesus. That blood has redeeming power, healing power, delivering power. That means whatever the devil planned to do in your life was stopped the moment you applied the blood of Jesus. Ha, 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 ha. That blood must be applied by faith. Faith, listen to me, always has a voice. In other words, the Old Testament was applied with a branch called hyssop. In the New Testament, the blood is applied with the hyssop of your tongue or your voice. That means when you lift up your voice. Now, I know all y'all can't sing as good as I can. But when you lift up your voice, that's a joke. But, and my wife makes fun of me because I sing all the time. I sing at the house. I'm in the car. I'm singing. And I sing a lot of the old hymns. Because that's where I grew up. And so I sing a lot of the old hymns. So I'll be singing about the blood of Jesus. The moment you lift your voice. I said, the moment you lift your voice. No matter how you feel. Because the feelings will have to show up later. Let me try that one more time. I said, no matter how you feel. Because your faith is saying, I put my faith first. The feelings will show up later. And you lift your voice and say, I'm redeemed. By the blood of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for that blood. The Holy Spirit jumps in with you and says, lift your voice. Praise the Lord. Have a bold confession about the blood of Jesus. That I'm redeemed. I'm forgiven. I'm washed. That means I'm not going to live in the past. If the blood has the power, come on, to where God does not remember your sin. When the devil brings up your failures, you can laugh in his face and say, that does not exist anymore. Uh, if the blood has the power to remove your sin from the mind of God, then it must have the power to remove your sin from your memory and your mind. So your mind does not become a haunted house of ghosts jumping out saying something about your past. You say, no, the blood ran every devil out. Come on now. And I have a righteousness consciousness because of the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. Can you shout Hallelujah. All right, everybody say this. I am redeemed by the blood of Jesus. I have access in the presence of God and boldness by the blood of Jesus. I live in constant view, constant consciousness of the blood of Jesus. My faith is in his blood. His blood alone brings blessing to my life. Thank you, Father God. I boldly confess the blood of Jesus cleanses me from all sin, all unrighteousness. And by that blood, I have victory. I have joy. I am blessed. I am blood blessed. Well, shout about it. Praise the Lord. I run out of time. Hallelujah.